Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Hallelujah. I am truly humbled and thankful. I love this house. I love GGC. Who loves your amazing pastors, Leo and Christine? You! Mighty, mighty people of God, mighty leaders. You know, I have had the pleasure of knowing you, I think, for around two years now. But I last preached in this church around 15 months ago on my way to America, right? And um, I just want to take a moment to really honor you. And um, because I really feel like an affiliation as well with GGC. And I feel like the Lord's moving here. But I feel like GGC has a a very apostolic type anointing on this church. I have not seen any other church come out of this wilderness season ready to roar and ready to rumble. And what I felt like, there's been a shaking and we know we've felt the shaking. But I feel like this church, you've come out of the wilderness resting on the chest of your beloved. And I feel like the Lord's helped you to navigate the times and the seasons. And what He's, I believe that He's given you, Christine and Leo, is a love infusion for the people of God for this whole region. And I feel like even open heaven and what you do in open heaven, yes, there's an open heaven over this church, but you open the heavens over the whole region of Sydney. And so I really believe there's a huge apostolic commissioning upon this house. And so if you've been a part of this house for any length of time, that you will know that Christine and Leo have a longevity with the Lord. They have a longevity. You can see the fruits of their labor of love. And so I just wanted to really honor you. And this is why I'm here. This is why I'm here, and I'm going to give you a bit of a backstory on who I am. I can see some amazing friends in the crowd, friends that are family. One of the cool things is about uh, Christians, when we receive Christ, we're born again, we're born of the Spirit, we're born, and we come into the family of God, amen? And so it's funny when I sometimes see people and I'm like, it always so reminds me of uh, events or things in life that we've been through together and we've been strengthened by. And so it's so good to see uh, beautiful friends in the house here today. And I also want to welcome um, some amazing guests. And um, I'm just going to take a moment here because I really believe that the Lord is bringing the prodigals back into the house. The Lord is bringing the prodigals into the, into the house of God. You know, sometimes we don't realize, like, we can spend our inheritance, and then all of a sudden, like, we need to remember as well people that are out there, maybe they have actually known the Lord at some point in time. But maybe us, like the Bible says, for the ends of the earth will remember and come to the Lord. And so us being around people, there's a divine remembrance that we bring into people's lives that reminds them of who Jesus Christ truly is. And when we're in worship today, the Lord spoke to me about, you know, He doesn't, He laid down His life, yes, but we're His friends. We're not just servants, we're actually friends. 
I, I want to share with you the reason why I'm here, why I'm in this city. The Lord led me back here. It would have been easier for me to stay in the dust of Africa. It would have been easier for me to keep preaching on the streets of Orlando. It would have been easy for me to keep traveling the world and going from place to place and preaching the gospel. But the Lord led me back here to Sydney, Australia, to my grassroots. Why? Because God wants to bring a revival. He wants to catapult this nation back to Jesus Christ. My heart is for the lost. My heart is for the broken. My heart is for the the backslidden ones. But let me tell you, God wants to move in our nation. I'm here for the unsaved. I'm here for the backslidden. I'm here to wake the body of Christ. I'm here to raise up the evangelists. I'm looking for the five-fold evangelists, the ministers of God who want to shake this nation. And that's why I'm here. Amen. I want to share with you a quick story first because it's a miracle that I even got back here into Australia. I was in, uh, well, I'll just give you a snapshot. Last year, I, I flew out to Orlando, Florida. People say, well, how did you fly to Orlando? Let me tell you, it is literally God opens doors that no man can shut. And in the midst of chaos, in the midst of no, you can't travel, God said travel. And so God gave me everything that I needed to get to where he was, cause, he was calling me to go. But the reason why I went to Orlando, you know, America can have this big thing and flashing lights sometimes, but it wasn't about that. It was about me laying down my life so that I could go there so I could come back here. It was because God wants salvation for our nation. It's because I have a cry in my heart for what my father cries out for. And that's salvation of my nation. If not you, then who? And if not now, then when? And so when I went to the States, and yes, I went to boot camp. And sometimes we think, you know, going and learning and doing all these things is so amazing. But let me tell you, I signed my life away as a martyr. I said, God, I will die for the gospel. I will do this. I will die for the gospel. Jesus died for me. Yesterday I was seeking the Lord. And I said, God, what, what, what do you have for me? Like, I just need you to speak to me. And this is what he immediately said to me. He said, I sent my son. I sent my son. He sent everything to us that we need that pertains to life and godliness. We don't need another gospel. We don't need another answer. We already have the answer. His name is Jesus. Sometimes we think there's something else or I need something else. The other night I laid in bed and I was thinking, God, what is it? What is it you want me to do? And I just need you. All of a sudden my spirit man started. I could feel God inside of me. I could feel the Holy Spirit inside of me. And sometimes I feel the roar of heaven. I feel the roar, the thunder, the roar of heaven, the line from the tribe of Judah roaring within me. And we need to have that impartation from the throne of grace. Right, Danny? Amen, brother. There's an evangelist in the house. 
I can see some evangelists. It's like I can see this anointing on people's life ready to shake the darkness. And so I really believe what God wants to do is something very remarkable for our generation and for our time. Mark my words, we are in the end times. Mark my words that I believe that this is the final harvest. It's the beginning of the end. And that might shock you a little bit. But even the Lord spoke to me so clearly the other day. I was at Centennial Park and I was seeking the Lord and I was sitting there journaling. And I was asking God. I was asking the Lord about what He wants to do. And I was asking Him if an evangelist can also be an activist. And the Lord said, yes, an evangelist is an amazing activist. Jesus Christ was an amazing activist. He confronted regional principalities and powers in any high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. He was the greatest activist. He confronted the darkness. He confronted religion. He confronted the principalities. He brought, there's an actual confrontational nature to the gospel You know, a lot of my time last year, I was spending on the streets of Orlando preaching a gospel of repentance on the streets, open air preaching or with a mic, just preaching on the streets. So many people came to the Lord because I was preaching repentance. You think, how how did that actually happen? Let me tell you, if you are walking in darkness If you are walking in darkness, I was walking in darkness. And we know when we were in the world, this world will leave us feeling desperate and hungry and starved for love, starved for affection. That's how I was. Like Patini, the woman at the well who'd had five husbands and the man that she was with now was not even a husband. And I was like that. I was very promiscuous. I was searching for love in all of the wrong places. I'd wake up the next morning and want to chew my own arm off. I was so starved of love, barren on the inside. I would snort cocaine and then I'd go to my six-figure income job, the high roller life. And people knew my house was a party house. This was over 14 years ago. But let me tell you, I would have said, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I wasn't a follower of Jesus Because the way that I was walking, Jesus Christ was not walking that way. Repentance is this. God says, turn. If you're walking in darkness, God wants you to turn from the darkness and walk in the light. And when you walk in the light of Jesus Christ, where is the darkness? It's behind you. We want people to walk in the light. But they will not repent unless we preach, unless we preach the light of Jesus Christ, the glorious gospel of salvation. Amen. It's a miracle that I even got to be back here. I was in Nigeria and I was training evangelists on the field. And in three weeks, we won 239,000 souls. Hallelujah. Earlier in the year, last year, We were preaching in Tanzania for three weeks and we won 316,000 souls. I believe that what God did in Africa 
He wants to do here in Sydney. And this is why I'm here. The Bible just doesn't say today is the day of salvation. It says now is the time of salvation. See, there's a big difference. If you were drowning in the middle of an ocean and you were gasping for air and you were trying to breathe for air and you couldn't breathe and you, you're, you're drowning and you're desperate for that air and a boat comes by and as the boat is coming by saying, oh, we're going to come by sometime today. We'll be back sometime today. We'll come and rescue you sometime today. If you were drowning, do you need that boat today? Or do you need that boat now? Do you need that boat to rescue you now? Now is the time of salvation. There will be a time when the wheat and tares will be separated, but they grow up together. And really it is us, not just the evangelists to evangelize, but for the body of Christ, like the great commissioning to make disciples of all nations. It's so important for us to speak out. Even your testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. It's so important to testify. It's so important to seek the word of the Lord over people's lives. You know, last week I was down in Canberra and there were three young girls and I walked up to them and I talked to them about Jesus Christ knocking at the door of their hearts. This is actually Jesus at the door, but the handle's on the inside. So only you can open the handle and let him come in. And so these three girls, one had been cutting. She had these cutting marks all up her arm. She was telling me she, she's about to go into a psych ward. And then two of the other girls, the Lord gave me very specific words of knowledge about their lives. One of them, the Lord showed me that the connection between her and her mother was pretty much like non-existent. There was so much pain there. I could see so much pain in her heart to do with her mother. And so I said, how is the relationship with your mother? She just broke down in tears. And the Lord gave me an opportunity to prophesy into her life. And she was weeping. And then her other friend, specific words of knowledge for three girls, all of them, I got down on the ground and I grabbed their hands and they invited Jesus into their hearts. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and you confess that Jesus is Lord, He's your Savior, then you're saved. We need to repent. I think sometimes we, we fail to see that the power is in the gospel. The power is in the actual gospel. The gospel is foolishness to those who are perishing. For us who are being saved, it's the power of God unto salvation. We forget that the power is in the gospel. And sometimes I think believers, we fail to realize how important our proclamation is. It's called the kerygma. It's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We need to remember our articulation can affect someone's eternity. Do you know how to articulate the gospel? Let me give you, I know a lot of you, yes you do, but do, do we do it? And I know a lot of you do, amen. But I just want to encourage you. 
You know, there's two things. This is what you can explain. There's two things that you must do in order to be right with God. The first thing is to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He died on the cross for your sins. And on the third day, He rose again from the grave. And He is alive today. He wants to be your best friend. But we need to repent. And as I said before, you're walking one way without Him. But God says, turn. God says, turn. God says, turn. And when we walk in the light, the darkness is behind us. We need to have this articulation. Amen. The Lord's been showing me that He can cause us to run through a troop and to scale a wall. We can literally overcome the principalities. Do you know God is actually bigger than the government? The reason why I got back into Australia, our government denied me. The powers that be denied me from coming back into my own homeland. But God, in His power, the church prayed and God turned an Arab man's heart and the Lord got me on that plane. I've seen God do the miraculous so many times. But this is a great miracle over my life. Imagine how you would feel if your own country was denying you. I felt like my own country was abandoning me because they listed me as a threat. But let me tell you, I'm a threat to the devil. I'm a threat to the darkness. And that's how we need to live our life, with that confrontational nature of Jesus. I literally have no idea how long I have, Leo. So I'm going to share with you a story. And this is a very important story, okay? This is a story about a man who owned a mansion, right? And that mansion had 10 rooms. And Jesus one day came knocking on the door. And the man said, oh, Jesus, you're so welcome to come in. Please come in. And the man said, oh, you can have one of my rooms upstairs. I'm going to let you into this room upstairs. It's a beautiful room. So he took the keys and he led Jesus upstairs. And Jesus was so thankful and so humbled. Thank you for the room. And he said, you can stay here for as long as you like. And Jesus said, thank you, thank you. And Jesus got a good night's sleep that night. But at midnight, there was another knock at the door. And so the man, he came running downstairs and he opened the door. And behind the door was another man. Do you know who this man might be? The devil. And the devil said, I'm here to terrorize you. (laughs) He said, I'm here because you have this big house and you have all of this space. And because your your heart is, is, is not surrendered to anyone else, but I am going to use all of this space that you have, all these rooms in your house, except he couldn't get into one room. And that was the room Jesus was in. 
And so the devil the whole night terrorized the man. He was terrorizing the man. He was giving him bad thoughts. He was giving him bad emotions. He was filled with fear and anxiety. And then the next morning, the devil leaves. And Jesus comes out with a big yawn. He says, good morning. Did you sleep okay last night? Jesus said, I had the best sleep. How did you sleep? And the man said, I didn't get any sleep. I was tormented the whole night. I was tormented. Jesus said, oh no. And Jesus said, well, let's have a plan. And the man said, well, what's the plan? He said, well, why don't you, you give me some more room and take up some more space? And Jesus said, uh, the man said to Jesus, sure, you can have another four rooms. So that's five of the rooms out of the 10 that Jesus now had. And so that, say, that next night, Jesus went to bed. And because Jesus had half the house, he had 50% of the rooms. Jesus enjoyed those 50% of the rooms. But the man, at midnight again, there was a knock at the door. And who was behind the door? The devil. And that whole night, the devil attacked the man. He gave him tormenting thoughts. He put shame on him. He tormented him. He made him feel bad. He made him feel anxious. He just kept tormenting him. But Jesus got a good night's sleep. And then the next morning, Jesus arose. Oh, I've had such a good night's sleep. He said to the man, how did you sleep last night? And the man said, oh, no, no, no. I was tormented the whole night. I was tormented. And Jesus said, oh, that's not good. And Jesus said, well, let's have a plan. Let's make a plan. Jesus didn't want him to be tormented. And he said, do you want to make more space for me? And the man said, yes, 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 we'll do that. He said, you can have nine out of the ten rooms. And all of that space you can have. And that space will be filled with peace. And Jesus said, oh, yes, that's amazing. Thank you so much. He was very humbled. And that next night, he went up. Jesus enjoyed the nine out of the ten rooms. But at midnight, there was a knock at the door. Who was it? Who was it? The devil. He came in and he started attacking that man again. And attacking that man, giving him bad thoughts, evil thoughts, evil desires. And that man spent the whole night wrestling with the devil. And then the next morning, Jesus woke up. He said, wow, I've had such a great sleep. I feel so much peace. He said to the man, how did you go last night? How did you sleep? And the man said, I was tormented by the devil all night. And Jesus said to him, unless you let me in to all 10 rooms, then I have no ownership over this house. Unless you give me full access to this house, unfortunately, you're going to still let the devil come and he will still tor torment you. And the man realized because he still had the title deed, he needed to give that title deed up fully to Jesus. 
He knew in that moment, unless he fully gave that title deed, unless he was trying to hold on to one last room. And that's what we do in our lives. We hold on to one last thing instead of giving it fully to him. And so the man gave him access and the title deed to all 10 rooms. And that same night, Jesus went to bed and the man went to bed. And all of a sudden at midnight, there was another knock at the door. Who was it? The devil. The man opened the door and he saw the devil and he thought, oh no. But all of a sudden, Jesus steps in front of him and he says, excuse me, I have the title deed to this house. And the devil said, sorry, sorry, sorry. And he backed away and he left the house. You see, because Jesus had the full title deed, that man could no longer surrender his heart to the devil's schemes to influence him. And God wants you to know, if you fully surrender your house, which is your heart to him, the devil can no longer have access. He can no longer have access to torment you. Because when God takes full containment of you, When God fully consumes you, you are filled with the Prince of Peace and the longings and the desires of your heart are filled by Him. So God wants every room in your heart. He doesn't want just one room. He doesn't want five rooms. He doesn't want 90%. He wants 100% of your heart. And I believe that there's here people in here that have had division in your hearts. You've had division in your hearts. And maybe you felt like a big backslidden in the world. Maybe the devil's been tormenting you in some way, shape or form. Maybe you've been having thoughts that aren't from God. Maybe God doesn't have full access to 100% of your heart. And you know it because you feel convicted right now. You feel like there's one room that you think you can hold on to. But God says, give it to me. Because I want to own the title deed to your heart so that I can fill you with my peace. I can fill you with my love. He says, I am the comforter so that torment can cease in your life. The torment in my life was a desperation for love. The torment in my life was shame. And God wants to bring a restoration to your life. The same way He brought a restoration to my life. And so I want every eye to be closed right now. We're going to take this moment with the Lord. Don't think about your neighbor, what your neighbor thinks of you. Your neighbor will never be accountable or responsible for your salvation. So I want to ask everyone, and only you would know where your heart is at with the Lord if you've given him access and the title deed to all 10 rooms. And so this is your moment. And what I'm going to ask you right now, that if you haven't surrendered your heart fully to Jesus, and some of you maybe as well have been watching certain things, maybe pornography, or maybe you've looked, you know, with lust in your eyes, or maybe you've been doing things that aren't quite right in the eyes of God, 
Maybe that's a room in your heart, that 10%, that one little room that you've not fully given Jesus the title deed to. And so I'm going to ask you, after three, what's going to happen is, I'm going to ask you if you want to give your heart to Jesus. You see, because it's not about saying a prayer to receive salvation, but to actually follow Him. There's a big difference. Because if you're sinning, God is not walking that way. And so after three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands. You can keep your eyes closed, but we're going to receive Jesus. We're going to have a clear conscience before God today. So let me pray first. Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray for a conviction of people's hearts. I pray right now that you would grip everyone's heart for eternity. I pray right now for the spirit of sonship, Lord God. Lord, you draw all men unto yourself. Lord, it's your desire that none shall perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so number one, this is your moment to get right with God. And number two, get ready because you are going to have a clear conscience. So number three, raise your hand if you want to receive Jesus and be right with Him today. Thank you. I see you over there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep raising your hand. There's at least seven people in this house. If you are not right with God and you die tomorrow because tomorrow is never promised. If you are not right with God, then raise your hand right now. Thank you, Jesus. I see you there. I see you there. going to ask you right now, everyone to pray this prayer together. And if you've just raised your hand, I want to personally shake your hand today. But what we're going to do is we're going to pray this prayer together. Okay. But if you raise your hand that this is you having a clear conscience before God. So pray this after me, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Saviour, be my best friend and please forgive me from all of my sins. Wash me clean and show me how You love me and show me how to follow You all the days of my life. In Jesus' Name, Amen, Amen. been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.